to the Westminster Institute. I'm Bob Riley, its director. In a deal with the Taliban made by the Trump administration one year ago this month, the United States promised a phased withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan so that by May 1st, all foreign troops would be gone, including the remaining 2,500 American service members. The Taliban committed to starting peace talks with the Afghan government, which only just now resumed after having been canceled in January. The Taliban also pledged to end attacks on American forces and to publicly renounce all ties to Al-Qaeda and other extremist groups. However, the US Treasury noted last month that Al-Qaeda is, quote, gaining strength in Afghanistan while continuing to operate with the Taliban under the Taliban's protection, unquote. US Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin told NATO ministers that, open quotes, the United States will not undertake a hasty or disorderly withdrawal from Afghanistan that puts their forces or the alliance's reputation at risk, unquote. A congressionally mandated Afghanistan study group final report was issued this month by the U.S. Institute of Peace. Dr. Ali Jalali was a senior advisor for the report. <clears throat> He's a distinguished professor, Near East South Asia Center for Strategic Studies at the National Defense University. Ambassador Jalali was Afghanistan's ambassador to Germany and designated special envoy to NATO. He also served as Afghanistan's interior minister from 2003 to 2015. A prolific author, his books include The Other Side of the Mountain, Mujahideen Tactics in the Soviet-Afghan War, Afghanistan National Defense and Security Forces in Transition, and most recently, A Military History of Afghanistan from the Great Game to the Global War on Terror. Ambassador Jalali will discuss the final peace report and address the question, is there a new pathway to peace in Afghanistan? Ali, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Bob, and uh, thank you for giving me this opportunity to share my uh, views on the uh, this very important topic that you have uh, chosen uh, to be uh, the topic of discussion today. The, uh, as you know, uh, earlier this month, on February 3rd, the Afghanistan Study Group uh, released the final report of recommendation, policy recommendation to the new administration of the United States. Now uh, it is the, the, the good time for the time is was very, very good for the release of this report. Here's <clears throat> the, uh, the Biden administration has uh, announced that is reviewing the uh, peace uh, process or the uh, Doha uh, peace agreement with the Taliban uh, to the, and also the declaration that uh, at the same day or the same time, uh, you know, uh, released uh, with the uh, relationship with the Afghan uh, Islamic government. Now the uh, this is this is the uh, will take some time for the new administration to see how this uh, uh, deal which was made about a year ago uh, was going. 
currently it is stalled in most of the uh, in, in in any any uh, kind of a definition that you you give it to it. But uh, the this report is actually giving some kind of a recommendation uh, to what the new administration in the United States, given the current situation on the ground, in the experience of one year with the, with the peace process, uh, that uh, the United States, what choices the United States will have to uh, to review this and to continue this or or to uh, change in it or to make adjustments to it. Uh, the uh, Afghanistan study group actually was uh, established about a year ago. It was in December 1919 uh, by uh, the, the Congress. It was a bipartisan group. Uh, it was tasked to, uh, to, uh, to identify uh, policy recommendations in consideration of the, how the uh, peace settlement uh, in Afghanistan or the failure of a settlement can affect the future of Afghanistan. And uh, the, also the uh, United States commitments, resources, and then it's dealing with the region and also in Afghanistan. It's a, it's a bipartisan group, as, as I said, uh, about 15 members, after, um, Hyatt and also uh, uh, General Danford uh, and uh, 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 Nancy uh, Kemberg, the uh, former USIP uh, uh, director. And then uh, it also has 26 uh, senior advisors that are working uh, started every April. The, 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 the ESG or the Afghan study group started its work right after the uh, deal what was made in uh, Doha about the peace process in Afghanistan. Now a few, a few words about this deal. What is that deal? Uh, some people call it a peace uh, agreement between the United States and Taliban. It's not a peace agreement. It is an agreement to facilitate uh, peace talks between the Taliban and the Afghan government. Because ultimately the peace should be made by Afghan themselves. For years actually, Taliban were, were arguing that they uh, were uh, refusing to set for peace talks with the Afghan government or anybody, as long as there are there is a foreign uh, troops present in Afghanistan. So in order to uh, to uh, find a way to uh, cut through this kind of a, uh, obstacle, uh, the United States uh, talked to Taliban, agreed to withdraw its forces in 14 months from Afghanistan, and. Uh, during this pain, the Taliban should make a commitment to uh, not allow any terrorist groups to use the uh, Afghan territory against the, uh, the United States interest and its allies. And uh, also severe ties with Al-Qaeda and other interest groups in the same times to uh, uh, start negotiation peace talks with the Afghan government uh, in order to, to uh, achieve a kind of political settlement that will bring peace and stability to Afghanistan. And this will pave the way for the withdrawal of the uh, total US forces and the NATO from the country. That was an agreement for uh, the, uh, the uh, to facilitate peace talks, not a kind of a, a, a peace deal with, between the United States and the, and, and the Taliban that some people believe. 
At the same time, the United States actually issued a declaration uh, with the uh, Afghan government that actually uh, recognized the Afghan government legitimacy as the government in Afghanistan, and also um, a commitment to support its institutions and uh, support the Afghan government in their talks with, with the Taliban to find a, to, to reach a kind of a political uh, resolution. That talk actually was supposed to start 10 days after the uh, agreement was signed in Doha on 29th of February, 2020. However, unfortunately, it took a long time. First of all, the, uh, in the agreement, there was an understanding that in order to uh, build some kind of confidence and uh, between the two sides uh, for the talks, the Afghan government uh, will release about 5,000 prisoners of the Taliban, and uh, the Taliban will release 1,000 uh, prisoners in their custody. That took a long time because the Afghan government argued that they were not part of that deal, so therefore uh, they uh, it took them some several months to release that Taliban or free the Taliban prisoners. On the other hand, Afghanistan government was arguing that the Taliban, there should be a guarantee that they will not return to the battlefield. And uh, among them, there were uh, several of the, uh, the Taliban on, the, uh, on the, uh, their list, which had uh, issues and also criminal, uh, you know, uh, uh, they were accused of criminal activities against other countries, in, in particularly in, in Australia and in France who were objecting to their release. So it took some time in order to, uh, to uh, Afghan government to release these 5,000, maybe more than 5,000 in Taliban to release 10,000, uh, 1,000 uh, Afghan prisoners in their custody. That delayed the talks. The talks that was supposed to start at 10th of March of 2020, it took many months until September to start. And then after September, it took another um, three months uh, to agree on the agenda. So during this period of time, where the Taliban was dragging feet, when the, 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 uh, the negotiation was stalled, the United States continued to withdraw troops from Afghanistan. Because when the, uh, the uh, used uh, troops withdrawal was uh, calendar based, it was uh, sup supposed to release about uh, uh, over 5,000 in, in uh, three months and uh, 15 days, and then rest would be released by May 1st, 2021. But as the, uh, the negotiations start, uh, stalled, and the Taliban increased their violence in Afghanistan, and uh, uh, they did not honor the, the, the promises or the commitment that they made, this peace process has become a very difficult process and it had so many uh, uh, obstacles. Now, what is the problem now here? There are, uh, now we are in, uh, in the, uh, the beginning of March and two months before the full withdrawal of the US troops from Afghanistan, which was called for in the Doha Accord. And while there's no single uh, you know, uh, item of, of progress in the talks between the Taliban and the Afghan government. 
So the Taliban actually were, uh, they, they were are accused of uh, uh, running the clock and they are not committed, they are not honoring their promises. So therefore there is a new uh, revision should be made in this contract. That's actually one of the topics that and one of the issues that the Afghan study group was looking at. There are many, many observers in Afghanistan and the region believe that if the uh, US troops leave on 1st May uh, of, the, uh, of this, this year, then it will uh, give them a disincentive to the Taliban to continue talks with the Afghan government or to return to talks. Uh, on the other hand, the Taliban are uh, insisting that the uh, Doha agreement should be honored. All troops will be withdrawn, should be withdrawn by the 1st of May. While they themselves have not stopped fighting, they have not, uh, you know, uh, severed their, their ties with Al-Qaeda, according to the uh, sources in the United States and also in Europe and also in Afghanistan. So they have not honored their commitment. Therefore, there is a problem. With this accord. Now, uh, the, the, Afghanistan, uh, the Afghanistan study group was also looking at uh, this, and I, I believe the uh, new administration in the United States is also looking at, uh, at the, what to do. So, then what was then the data? It was not the, uh, when the Afghanistan study group began its work, the situation was too different from today. At that time, there was a hope that the peace process would continue. And during this uh, the, the, the process, gradually the US forces will, uh, will be able to leave Afghanistan while the two sides will reach a kind of a agreement for peace and then what would lead to a peace settlement in Afghanistan. And that will, on the one hand, reduce the, uh, the, uh, the threat of terrorism from the Afghan territory against the United States uh, interest and its allies. On the other hand, it will uh, be a kind of a uh, catalyst to bring stability to the region. And also it, 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 it will be an opportunity for Afghanistan and the region to integrate Afghanistan into the, in the region, which would actually is a key element in the future development of Afghanistan and stability in the country and its economic uh, prosperity. This did not happen. So now we come back to the, well, what was the mandate of the Afghan, uh, study group and uh, and what is the now the the, 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 uh, uh, the recommendation the Afghan study group was tasked with, uh, as, as I emphasized uh, earlier to identify policy recommendation in case the peace process succeeds or if the peace process fails now the peace process has not failed but it has not succeeded. So therefore, a revision to me. The, uh, the Afghanistan uh, study group believed that, believed that, or the its report actually emphasizes that the eventually the peace should be made between the Afghans themselves. However, the United States can play a key role. The uh, opportunity now for a peaceful resolution of the Afghanistan conflict is there. However, the, uh, the, the forces of fragmentation are still very strong. The, uh, a, a kind of a, a cohesive 
uh, and uh, the policy of the United States and an opportunity for to support this process can increase the chances for peace. If a dash and the precipitous withdrawal of the United States from, from Afghanistan uh, actually decreases this chance and increases the uh, breakdown, the chances of the breakdown of the government, which actually destabilizes the region and eventually it actually heightens the threat of uh, terrorism against the uh, interest of the United States. So therefore now there are two issues that we have to, to, to look at. First, what immediate things should be done in order to stave uh, of the uh, eventuality that the US forces will leave Afghanistan while the peace process is not there, while the peace process is stalled. Uh, in, in this case, I think there are a number of uh, suggestions that uh, the uh, uh, Afghanistan uh, study group uh, uh, suggested to do. And it says that, uh, that, that one, the first one is an immediate diplomatic effort to extend the current May uh, 2021 withdrawal date in order to give the peace process sufficient time to produce an acceptable result. Uh, this actually has some, some uh, challenges. Uh, there are some challenges involved with this. Taliban has announced that the, if the US troops and the United troops do not leave uh, by 1st of May of this year, they will uh, be, start their attacks on, on uh, foreign troops. They have already attacked Afghan forces, Afghan troops and Afghan forces, but they have stopped attacking uh, international forces of the Doha agreement most of the time. But they threatened that they will, uh, uh, they will probably resume uh, attacking uh, the international forces. At the same time, they also have uh, started a kind of a diplomatic effort with some other countries. Recently, they have visited Iran with delegation. They visited Russia. They also visited Pakistan, and they contacted China. They not a drum up support of these countries to. Uh, uh, to call for the withdrawal of the US forces by 1st of May, as was called in the, in the, uh, the uh, Doha agreement. However, even Iran, Pakistan, and Russia, and China, they want the US forces to leave Afghanistan, but not before there is some kind of a political settlement that uh, will uh, prevent the uh, deterioration of Secure situation in Afghanistan and have become a uh, destabilizing uh, factor for the region. So, all these countries want the US to leave Afghanistan, but they do not want them to leave before some kind of a settlement is made. So, Taliban are not. The, uh, the, the, the countries have always tried to. Uh, Call Taliban as as, a, as, a, as an element, as a political uh, element, an important element in Afghanistan, but not of these countries have uh, supported the return of the Taliban's emirate to Afghanistan. Even Pakistan does not want to uh, uh, see Pakistan dominating the power, political power in Afghanistan, because in that case they cannot control it. So there is some kind of a consensus in the region 
that's uh, the uh, withdrawal of international forces from Afghanistan should be as a as a as a uh, as an end in a in, in a process, not a condition for the process to go forward. So the uh, the key objective of the ongoing use military presence is uh, should be to help create conditions for an acceptable peace agreement. Not a kind of a condition for the continuation of the peace process. This is another uh, recommendation uh, for the immediate uh, policy making. Uh, then the third is continued support of Afghan state, including security institutions, while continuing to uh, message uh, the Afghan partners that the support is not, not open ended and uh, is conditions on uh, progress in the peace talks. Actually, peace talks between the two sides of Afghan, the Afghan government and the Taliban uh, should be uh, invigorated through incentives and disincentives. The incentives for the, for the, the Taliban is the, the, the most important is the presence of the US forces in the region and also the uh, financial uh, assistance of the United States which without that assistance, no government in Afghanistan can, can uh, survive uh, for long. Now, uh, if, if you look the, uh, to date, uh, this year's budget of, of, of Afghanistan, 75% uh, of the budget of uh, operational budget and development budget uh, is, uh, is uh, supported by the international community. And uh, of the Afghan security forces, four to five billion dollars actually is provided by the international community, United States and the in, in Europe. So without that kind of a system, until Afghanistan can can uh, can develop its its kind of revenue collection and um, uh, you know uh, system and uh, become self reliant. It is, it is very difficult for the, any country, even if the Taliban uh, take over, cannot continue to, to, to operate uh, effectively. So that's an incentive. Uh, the, the, the disincentive could be also the cutting of the stuff. And then the presence of US troops in Afghanistan is also an incentive for the Taliban to uh, talk. On the other hand, withdrawal is also an incentive for the Afghan government to say that, uh, to uh, be interested to uh, genuinely uh, talk peace with, with, with Taliban. So these incentive and disincentive should be used and then uh, in order to give some kind of a, uh, dynamism to the peace process. The third is the, the uh, or the fourth is the continued support for the dynamic members of the Afghan civil society who have been uh, instrumental in uh, securing uh, essential gains in, uh, in human rights, education, in health, who have been and will continue to be uh, a key supporting uh, sustained uh, peace process. Now, the Afghan civil society is, is, uh, is a major, major uh, power now in Afghanistan, major influential power in Afghanistan. The Afghanistan is society has changed in the past 20 years. And uh, if you look at the 20 years uh, that, that uh, Afghanistan was supported by the international community, it is a new Afghanistan. About 70% uh, of the, of the uh, 
populations are under the age of 30. And they are many educated people. They are people who believe in, in human rights and democracy. These are people who have been very dynamic in, in all sectors of life in Afghanistan. So it is not possible for Taliban anymore to return to, to turn the clock uh, back to 2001 and have their way the way they had in the 2001. So it is different Afghanistan. So the supporting the civil society of Afghanistan is a major element, is a key element that can influence the peace process in Afghanistan. Continued uh, support of the international community with the peace process, with the, with the uh, Afghanistan, uh, the um, uh, civil society is uh, going to go a long way toward supporting and sustaining any peace deal that can eventually will be made between the two sides. And uh, then uh, a re-emphasis on diplomacy and negotiation, including a regional uh, diplomatic strategy implemented over the longer term. Afghanistan is living in a very difficult neighborhood. The, uh, the security of Afghanistan is uh, going to uh, be very important for the security of the region. However, there are the, the regional countries are uh, looking at the uh, security and stability in Afghanistan from their own perspective. They, some have deliberate interests, some are, have opportunistic interests. If you look at these actors in Afghanistan, it's, it's a combination of, uh, of uh, different powers, different uh, you know, actors. The, uh, there are four categories of these actors. The war inside, the Afghan government and the Taliban. And then the second group is those who are supporting directly these sides. The United States and the NATO is supporting the Afghan government and Pakistan mostly is supporting the Taliban. Then the countries who are affected by this war, mostly it's Iran and India. India has a problem with Pakistan, conflict with Pakistan, does not want that kind of a peace that Pakistan will have a, a dominant role in Afghanistan. Iran has a problem with the presence of the United States in, in Afghanistan. Does not want a peace in Afghanistan, with, if not in support of a peace in Afghanistan that perpetuated this, the, the presence of the U.S. forces in Afghanistan unless the situation changes. Then there are other powers who are, some are opportunistic, have produced interest, some uh, have the uh, issues with the United States and each other in the, the regional government elsewhere. These are China, Russia, uh, and uh, the uh, other uh, the, uh, Gulf uh, countries. The uh, Russia actually wants Afghanistan to be a stable country, but does not want a long-term uh, presence of the United States in, in Afghanistan. On the other hand, Russia uh, actually is supporting the process of peace, but as a low-cost, uh, you know, uh, activities and uh, uh, not uh, high. Uh, I mean, uh, not risky activities because it does not want to uh, intervene in Afghanistan uh, by force because it has a bad experience. It is also the, because of limited resources they have. They are always supporting a low cost approach to peace in Afghanistan. The, China is looking at the peace in Afghanistan through its uh, relations with uh, the, the, uh, Pakistan, 
special relation with Pakistan. It is conflict or tension with India. And also in, in its, its opposition to the long-term presence of the United States and others. So the, therefore China as uh, in support of a regional kind of approach that all these other actors will be, uh, you know, uh, will buy into it. Johannes uh, shares the, uh, some of the uh, concerns of the United States and Afghanistan as terrorism, particularly the, the uh, Daesh and the Islamic State, uh, but at the same time, does not want the, the, the longer presence of the United States in the country. So the Iran has, in Iran and Russia, in order to pressure uh, the, uh, the other actors in Afghanistan, has continued to have a collaborative relationship with Taliban for two reasons. One, to use it as, 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 a, as a leverage in, in, the, uh, in any kind of a peace and conflict in Afghanistan. And uh, second, if the Taliban comes to power, become part of the problem, they fell on the south side uh, uh, of the Taliban. In the, in the Gulf region, all countries are supporting the peace process and the uh, political settlement in Afghanistan. Only maybe Saudi Arabia is also concerned of the uh, increasing role of, uh, of Iran in, in Afghanistan. So while you look at all these difficult actors, so therefore, they, they, I think the, uh, it makes sense that the Afghanistan study group did that the uh, so, you know, suggest that the uh, continue uh, regional diplomacy to bring all these countries together in order to support the peace, the, the uh, sustainable uh, peace in Afghanistan. Now, the uh, <clears throat> most important thing that uh, you are uh, now uh, looking at is the what immediate uh, measures should be taken. The most important is to extend that uh, the, uh, the May date of the withdrawal of the US forces to sometimes now. How long? I think it should be uh, conditioned this. If the peace process succeeds and uh, the two sides genuinely and uh, with some commitment uh, set to resolve the, uh, this, this conflict uh, by uh, peaceful means and bring peace to Afghanistan, and then that's fine. And this prepared the way for the withdrawal of youth forces from Afghanistan. However, if it drags on and on, you cannot make it a, uh, a calendar based, but it should be a kind of a uh, condition based. Um, now, is it possible? I think uh, if uh, it, it cannot be done uh, unilaterally, it can be done unilaterally, but it has some, some kind of obstacles because if Taliban uh, does not agree and they uh, withdraw from the peace process, this can give an opportunity to Russia that they have, a, they, they have an initiative of peace. They can step in. And that is going to be discredited. The, uh, the, 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 all the efforts that, that the United States has done so far in, 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 in bringing peace to Afghanistan. On the other hand, if the, the, the Taliban withdraw from, from, the, uh, from, the, from the peace talks, it is not going to, they, they say they, they will resume the fighting in Afghanistan. They are already fighting in Afghanistan. They have, they have uh, actually uh, 
uh, escalated the, the violence in Afghanistan in the, in the last few months. But the only uh, difference would be that, as they say, they will attack foreign troops, which they have not done so, uh, since the Doha agreement. In that case, they lose all political legitimacy. Taliban as a fighting force. It's a, it's a, it's a, in many countries on the books, they are still considered as a terrorist organization, including Iran. And uh, they have United Nations sanctions. And uh, if they withdraw from peace process, they will lose like, the legitimacy as a political force committed to peace. Then they will uh, become a kind of a, a, a fighting force. And then the, the Afghan government can withdraw assistance from others, including even from countries that you are supporting the Taliban. So this is what were the, uh, therefore, uh, a regional diplomacy is needed. A regional to uh, pressure the Taliban to uh, agree on extension of the forces. And this will also give them an in, in, uh, disincentive that uh, dragging feet on the negotiation, peace negotiation will actually uh, uh, cause the perpetuation or the longer term presence of the foreign troops in Afghanistan. So this is something that uh, is, uh, we will see how it's uh, materialized, how it's uh, actually, uh, you know, uh, plays out in the region after the United States as well the new administration uh, reviews the, 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 uh, the uh, policy on Afghanistan and the, and the Doha process. Okay. Now, uh, there are, if the peace process fails, the scenarios are very, very, uh, you know, uh, un 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 unfavorable for the Afghans themselves. Because uh, the, uh, although the, uh, the Af Afghanistan study group looked at different scenarios, but they do not support them now, for the, for the now, they support the continuation of the, uh, the uh, presence there in order to support or to, bring, to provide conditions for the, for the, uh, the uh, success of the, of the peace negotiation. Eventually, the Afghanistan conflict should be uh, resolved through peace talks between the Afghans themselves. And other actors, should facilitate that by providing the conditions to incentive and disincentive measures so that the two sides finally reach an agreement. But uh, if that does not work, then uh, the United States probably will have uh, three, three options. First, we need to remain committed to the Afghan state uh, uh, should the negotiation fail would the outcome be deemed unacceptable. In this pathway, the United States would continue to maintain a force in Afghanistan and support the Afghan state uh, through the war, possibly increasing assistance until the opportunity for meaningful talks, preferably with strengthened Afghan state could emerge. The other uh, scenario is that 
uh, pathway is a managed withdrawal from Afghanistan under which the United States would remove its troops but would not be indifferent to the outcome in Afghanistan. It would seek to use uh, non-military leverage, including regional diplomacy, to secure as many of its state uh, goals as possible. This scenario accepts and would uh, accommodate the likely possibility of an eventual Taliban ascendancy. And uh, finally, the uh, rapid troop withdrawal, irrespective of conditions on the ground and essentially indifferent to resulting outcome. None of these scenarios were considered available at this point, they were advisable at this point, but all are carefully studied by the group and could be adopted in the future. Now, uh, the conflict in Afghanistan is now entering the uh, 20th year. It spans four US administration. And uh, it is the longest US war in the country. Surpasses the, the length of the war in Vietnam. Therefore, what, what, what lies ahead? I think there's a, there's a, uh, the, for Afghans, it is, it is a choice between talking to each other, coming together, finding a way to live together, or continue for a, the, 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 this situation that can uh, eventually become a, a kind of an isolated war. The, uh, the, uh, the international community, if they cut the, 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 the assistance, then the regional country can, can uh, enter and fight their own proxy wars in Afghanistan, and the people will suffer more. The longer the, 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 this conflict continues, more uh, pain will come to Afghans themselves. This year, uh, the, the, the last quarter of this year was the, the, uh, the, the most uh, bloody, uh, quarter for the Afghan civilians that they lost. And uh, this country has been at war for 42 years now. Now, why this country, you know, this country has uh, suffered a lot. In the world with the, you cannot find any country in the world that has, in the last 100 years, three major powers intervened militarily in this country. In 1919, the, the Great Britain, with, at the time was uh, dominating in uh, India, the third Anglo-Afghan war. In 1980s, the Soviet Union actually, nine years, more than nine years, was fighting in Afghanistan with a lot of destructions. 1.3 million died, the, 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 country, the, the countryside is totally destroyed. In the 13 years after the last Soviet soldiers left Afghanistan, the first new soldier landed in Afghanistan. Long war for ourselves. And uh, this is the, 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 the problem that uh, the, uh, it reminds me of uh, Arnold Tynbee, who says that uh, if you want to look at the uh, roadmap of, from the old world, uh, the westward that road passes through Aleppo, and eastward it passes to Bagram. <laughs> Bagram was the the base of the Soviet forces in Afghanistan. And Bagram is now the major 
the base of the international forces in Afghanistan. So this country has been unlucky in the, in the context of different countries. It always been a, 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 a subject to competition between regional power or the global powers. And uh, I was uh, talking to an old man uh, in Ghazni a few years back, and uh, he was complaining of the international community. I said, why are you complaining? Without that, uh, the uh, international community assistance, you will not be the, the, the way you are now. He said, no, I'm not talking about now. I'm not talking about the assistance. You appreciate the assistance. Uh, he said, I, I know that the uh, intervention in 2001 was a risky operation. But I'm talking generally about our fate, he said. He said, look, in, in, uh, before 1978, uh, Afghanistan was a peaceful country, small country. It's not rich, but it was happy. There was a kind of harmony, ethnic harmony there. The people could travel easily, freely. He said uh, the young women could, uh, could travel without an escort from Kabul at night to Herat. It was no problem. And people were happy with, with whatever they had. But then one superpower came and invaded us, the Soviet Union. They invaded us, they destroyed our country, and the other superpower came and brought all these other elements uh, who read a lot became the, the extremists and to fight the, the, the superpower. And then in this, the country was destroyed, but the uh, legacy actually is haunting us now. He said, now look, those people who come from all around the world, supported by, 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 by uh, counter uh, Soviet uh, you know, powers, they brought from all over the world to fight the, the uh, communists with the same fervor of ideology. Okay, they became there, they trained, and they now be, they, they, they become Al-Qaeda, they become Taliban, they became uh, uh, whatever extremist group, and they are now fighting. Yeah. He said, this is what I mean. He said, but I wish, he said, I could, somebody can undo what they did to us. It's not possible. So this is, I think, peace is more important for Afghans than anybody else. It is, it is, I mean, I think, I think there is a hope that the international community, including the, the regional countries who have some stake into the, you know, this uh, Afghanistan conflict, will eventually be. Here we say that the United States is a major actor, is a, is a key factor. United States, by a kind of a coherent, responsible, and uh, actions, messages, and policies can create the, the, the opportunity to increase the, the uh, success of peaceful resolution of the Afghan conflict. However, the United States also can uh, increase the chances of chaos by uh, leaving precipitously or cutting its aid to, to, to the uh, institutions in Afghanistan. Great, Ali, thank you so very much for that uh, extremely comprehensive treatment of the current situation to various stakeholders inside Afghanistan and in the surrounding countries.
I believe it was February 15th was the 32nd anniversary of the Soviet withdrawal from Afghanistan. A statement was issued by the Taliban emirate in which the Taliban said, just as Dr. Najibullah was executed after the Soviets withdrew, so too will Ashraf Ghani be executed, presumably when the U.S. withdraws, uh, whether precipitously or, or not. That remark does not betoken well for <laughs> negotiations, to say the least. That's, that's one point. They, they seem to be as bellicose as always. Second of all, <clears throat> when you mentioned the, the very promising developments in Afghan civil society over the past 20 years, and the, particularly the experience of young people today, nonetheless, in the areas where the Taliban has been gaining ground, <clears throat> such as in the West, around Kandahar countryside, they seem to be behaving just like the old Taliban. They're banning music. They're, they're doing the things that they've said they purportedly won't do if they are ever brought back to power. So I guess I'm, I'm, what I'm asking you is about the character of the Taliban movement itself and how genuinely susceptible it is to any settlement that uh, is short of Taliban rule in Afghanistan. Thank you, yes, that's a very good question. And uh, the, uh, the problem uh, with the, uh, the trust of Taliban is that uh, what their leaders say, what those who are involved in negotiations, the message is not going all the way down to the rank and file. In order to get some kind of a legitimacy, they say they have changed, they are going to respect the human rights, they are going to uh, have a, uh, you know, share power with other groups, respect the other uh, political forces in Afghanistan. Even they say that uh, they are also uh, uh, not against the uh, Shias in Afghanistan, which was one of the major uh, between them and Shias uh, when they were in power. However, this does not communicate down the way to the land empires for two reasons. First of all, Taliban do not want that because the moment that they go down to the rank and files that they are in peace process and they are going to make compromises, they will lose the support of some of these people who believe that they have they, they, they are unwilling, unwilling because they were given for years this idea that they defeated the Soviet Union, now they are going to defeat the United States. They do not want to communicate this to them in order to uh, keep them in their, their uh, trenches. On the other hand, the moment that they uh, uh, give this message that they are about to make peace with the, with the Afghan government, for the years they called it this as an heretic uh, government, or they're supported by, by, uh, by uh, the uh, foreigners, and uh, then uh, they, they, they probably somewhat would leave the, the, uh, the, the, the trenches, and uh, because in some countries, many of them are on the fences and they will go to the winning side. If they say they are losing, why they, why they should not stay there? That's why they are reluctant to uh, accept uh, uh, ceasefire. Ceasefire means the moment they stop fighting, many of their returns will leave and they cannot bring them back. So yes, what the, the, these rhetoric that you mentioned is something that, but the situation is totally different today 
from the old days. In, uh, the, in when the Soviet Union left uh, the Afghanistan, the Mujahideen did not overthrow the Afghan government. The, the, the Mujibullah government was, was destroyed from within because as the Soviet Union stopped supporting Najibullah, and the Soviet Union itself was dissolved. So some of the elements of the Afghan government of the Najibullah government make special separate deals with the Mujahideen leaders, with Ahmad Shah Massoud, with the Bajar, and uh, they actually surrendered to them. It, it does not mean that Mujahideen came and overthrew the government, it does not. It's not going to happen today either because uh, the, uh, Afghans are willing to make peace, but they are not, you know, going to compromise a certain, you know, values that they cherish and they would not going to compromise certain of the achievements that they had during the past 20 years. So it is totally, on the other hand, the, the situation in the region is different. Even Pakistan, which is supporting the Taliban very much, they do not want them to be a dominant force in Afghanistan. Because now, if they are part of the government, they can use them for the, their own purpose. They can, uh, they can influence them for their own policy uh, choices. But if they are dominant, they cannot control them anymore. When Taliban was in uh, Afghanistan, even <laughs> in uh, 2001, summer of 2001, they took their flag and put it in the Mumandi agency and said, this is part of Afghanistan territory at that time. So it is, it is very different time. The, uh, but there's one thing that Najibullah government uh, collapsed because of the, uh, uh, of the, uh, the this assistance from outside stopped. Uh, on the other hand, the, uh, the, 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 in 1991, also the United States and the Soviet Union agreed for a uh, negative symmetry that they will stop uh, supporting uh, Mujahideen the, from the US, stop, uh, pledged to stop support of the Mujahideen in the Soviet Union, pledged to stop uh, support of the Kabul government. But the Soviet Union stopped the, the, the assistance because they, they, they could not continue that assistance. But the United States stopped, however, some countries in the region like Saudi Arabia and uh, Pakistan supported some elements, some uh, fundamentals, uh, you know, uh, groups in Afghanistan like Sayaf and Al-Kamatyar. And this balance actually was, uh, was disrupted. Today, again, if the, uh, some argues in Afghanistan that if the United States leave Afghanistan fine or uh, curtail its assistance to call fine. But if at the same time, Pakistan closes the bases of Taliban in, on its territory and stop supporting them because they're based on Pakistan. Without that, then they cannot have that kind of a effectiveness in fighting inside Afghanistan. They have their infrastructure of, in, in Pakistan. They have their, their hospitals in Afghanistan. They go for for, uh, military, uh, for uh, medical treatment to Afghanistan. They took their wounded to, to to Pakistan. They have their families in Pakistan, and they have a huge network of madrasas that they can recruit uh, the, uh, the fighters from Pakistan. So this is something that we have to take into consideration. For the Taliban, I think it is that in um, a few years back uh, in a track two, 
uh, talks with the Taliban, Afghan government and Taliban and uh, civil society in the Chantier, France. I told you that Afghan government missed two opportunities for peace. One was at Bonn, that Taliban, 80% of Taliban wanted to be part of the process because they had lost uh, the uh, popularity in, in Afghanistan. You know, some people believe that Taliban had control in Afghanistan, but they, they had lost popularity, they had control the last two, uh, the final two years of their, uh, their uh, presence in Afghanistan in, 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 in control. And uh, the second was in 2003, which I talked uh, earlier about it. But I said, now you will eventually, if you do not uh, think about peace talks, eventually you will lose that chance. You, you, you will actually, I think they will, if they now do not take advantage of this peace process. Today I had an, uh, an interview with the, the UAE, uh, they were, which broadcast to, uh, to Pashtuns in, in, in the Pakistan. I said, I said, they have, all these countries will lose this opportunity. Pakistan lost opportunity before and we will lose it again. Taliban would, would lost opportunity before and we will lose it again. And they will not gain anything. Maybe they, they will continue to fight, but they will not get anything, something that, that, that would be honorable for them, something that will, uh, will bring peace, stability to them, their families, into the next generation in Afghanistan. So it is different situation now. I think there's no uh, other alternative to support this peace process in Afghanistan and bring some kind of a uh, stability and sense of normalcy to Afghanistan through peace talks, so to compromises by both sides. Ali, uh, two questions. Number one, how much of Afghanistan does the Taliban control today? And well, this is the, uh, this is very difficult uh, question. You know, you, you, you have different kind of figures. Uh, now, uh, Taliban have control in the rural areas. And uh, they do not control any uh, central of uh, the provinces, the major urban areas. And uh, they, in fact, they control, they are in total control of 27 districts. And then uh, Afghan government is, is controlled probably 160 districts. The rest is disputed between them fighting. They, they fight in, in the rural areas, the population is uh, you know, uh, uh, more sparsely uh, distributed than in, in major cities. For example, in Afghanistan, 20% in of the, the, the population uh, of the country is in Kabul. And also in Kandahar, Mazar. So a population-wise, they do not control the population, less population, but rural areas, they control. But the, uh, the issue is the Afghan government, the, uh, their uh, operation is very costly because they provide services and as a government. For Taliban, it is less expensive because they do not provide services. They are there. They only tax people. They, they, they do the, uh, the enormous uh, income from the drug trafficking and drug, uh, you know, uh, taxing drug, uh, drug traffickers and also uh, the uh, labs that they have. So they collect revenue, but do not spend a lot except for the, for the fighting. Uh, 
On the other hand, if, the, if you look at the recent uh, Asia Foundation uh, survey, 13% of the people want the Taliban to come back as they were before, 13%. And the rest do not want. There are many people that are living under Taliban, but they, they have to live there, that's all. And they, they do not prefer the situation to continue. It's interesting enough that in rural areas, the number of the people who, are, who favor the Taliban are less uh, than the, the number of people in rural areas, in, in the urban areas who, are, who favor the Taliban. Because in the countryside, in rural areas, the Taliban are under the Taliban, they see them, but they, in the urban area, they are not. So in urban areas, they want peace and they favor Taliban to be part of the government. But the number of people who are favoring Taliban in rural areas are less than what they are in, the, in, the, in the urban areas. Thank you, Ali. Um, back to the subject of Pakistan, which seems to always have been the key uh, in terms of its support of the Taliban through its uh, ISI. Yeah. Um, but you say that Pakistan is, is seeing its interests slightly differently now uh, in terms of their desire not to see a government in Afghanistan dominated by the Taliban. You also mentioned that the Taliban continues to have a uh, string of madrasas in uh, Pakistan, where there remain, I believe, a million and a half Afghan refugees. Uh, and, and of course, uh, Pakistan is, at least in the past, uh, long supported a, a, uh, a radical, uh, style of teaching in the madrasas that um, indeed, as you said, leaves a very um, um, resource for Taliban, continued for Taliban recruitment. Has Pakistan changed its view to the extent that it's doing anything about that? I think the Taliban is uh, the, the main objective that they have has not changed. But the means probably are different. They do not, they want always in Afghanistan to have some kind of influence over Afghanistan. Not only because uh, they do not want uh, a, a major presence of India in Afghanistan, but at the same time for other purposes, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Pashtuns of their, 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 uh, who live in their territory, the uh, water issues in Afghanistan, the, the uh, the uh, refugees, as you, you mentioned, uh, the Duran line and other. For these, they want to have some kind of a leverage in Afghanistan. And uh, the, uh, what they used to call the uh, strategic depth, that is the something that uh, is because they want, it is not because they want strategic depth against India, they want a strategic depth for their own other other, you know, uh, interests that, that, that I mentioned, the, the water issues, the water, the, 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 the Pakistan has, has, a, has, a, has a, uh, very pressed for, for water supply for, the, for, for, for the, its 
increasing populations. They have this problem with India and Punjab, uh, and uh, also with the Kabul River and Kunar River that Afghanistan is building dams on it. Uh, with the uh, the people in Peshawar Valley actually survive on the water from the Kabul River, and uh, the uh, the Duran Line on the other end. Uh, particularly these days when the Pashtun protection movement is becoming a major power in the Pashtun areas, this Durin line is another uh, issue. Uh, so the, also the, uh, the uh, access to Central Asia through Afghanistan, uh, these are their interests, but they want some leverage in Afghanistan. They, 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 in, in, in early, 2000, maybe in 2005, when I was in, in the government. At that time, the uh, Pakistan was using the uh, Taliban, they regrouped them, they helped them in Pakistan, as President Musharraf actually acknowledged. Because at that time, they thought that the, uh, the United States supporting a government in Afghanistan, which is dominated by the former Northern Alliance, Northern Alliance during the uh, 1990s was supported by India, by, by Russia and by Iran and uh, against the Taliban at that time. So they think that the US is supporting a government which is dominated by the former Northern Alliance and that will be a gateway to India and India will use Afghanistan territory against Pakistan. And then they don't know when the US will be there. Maybe the US will leave in one or two years and then India will be there. So they actually adopted the Taliban, regrouped them, and sent them to Afghanistan. Today it is different. Today Taliban is an established military power, and also it got some kind of leg political legitimacy with the different government, and they have a relationship with the, with the world. They believe that they can have this leverage through the inclusion of Taliban now in Afghanistan. They, they feel themselves in a bit of a situation. But they do not want the, the coming back of the Emirate to Afghanistan. Then this, it will uh, provoke another civil war in Afghanistan and, and the, the instability will continue. And this time, I think they, they, will, they will be in a losing and on the losing side. So there is some kind of a change there, but they still want to have a leverage in Afghanistan. And with regard to India, they will prefer probably uh, a conflict in Afghanistan without India over a peaceful Afghanistan where India has a, has a major presence. They can manage a conflict without the, without the presence of India, but cannot manage a peaceful Afghanistan with, a, with, with, with the, where India has a major influence. What, uh... You mentioned China briefly before, but we, you, you didn't talk about what uh, China's economic interests in Afghanistan might be, particularly some of the agreements on mining and minerals that they, they've already made. Could you yes, China. talk about the economic side of the interests of the regional states, starting with China? Yeah, China initially uh, you know, invested uh, uh, in the economic sector of Afghanistan, in mining, is it that uh, the? Uh, but China is always uh, is looking for low risk and uh, uh, low cost 
projects there. And uh, initially, uh, they, their contract was at several billion dollars in the copper of uh, Lugar, uh, Miss Lugar. But later on, the, situ the security situation deteriorated. They asked for uh, renegotiation of the contract. They actually stopped their, their, their investment. Initially, they thought, well, now the uh, international community is there. The situation when I was there uh, was, uh, in fact, uh, relatively calm, secure. Security was there. And they were happy that the, uh, their investment was uh, protected by 10th Mountain Division of the United States. And uh, the police was paid by Japan. So it was a low cost and low risk uh, investment. They did it. The moment that security situation changed, they renegotiated. The same with other things. Yes, they used these small investments for some, some kind of a maintaining kind of a relationship with Afghanistan. But their major interest is in Pakistan. The China-Pakistan, uh, the uh, economic corridor, that's important for them. And uh, it bypasses Afghanistan. And also the Silk Road, their interest, economic interest is mostly with Central Asia and uh, Russia and uh, the, the, the one road, one, the, they call it uh, Belt Road Initiative. One belt, one road, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it bypasses Afghanistan actually. Yeah. It goes through, they say that uh, when security situation improves, then the, the, uh, the Pakistan, uh, China-Pakistan uh, economic corridor could be connected to Afghanistan, but they do not take the, 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 that kind of a high risk and uh, high cost uh, projects in Afghanistan anymore. They probably are following the uh, regional uh, consensus on the uh, bringing stability to Afghanistan, where, where Pakistan has a major influence over them. But they are concerned with security security with the Xinjiang area. And uh, some of these groups uh, were uh, trained in Pakistan and also in Afghanistan. And therefore they, they do not want to see an irredentist kind of a nationalism of uh, Xinjiang in Afghanistan. So a few years back, uh, the uh, Chinese even proposed to build the help, uh, create a you know, the mountain brigade in Badakhshan close to the border uh, to check on the uh, infiltration of uh, Xinjiang uh, extremists into uh, their territory, but that was did not materialize. So they are concerned about security more, but do not interested in uh, taking a kind of a uh, high risk and uh, high cost projects. They're, uh, they're dealing with Afghanistan is uh, shaped by their special relationship with Pakistan, their uh, problems with India, and uh, also with the uh, longer presence of the United States in the region. In this context, it shapes their, their approach to Afghanistan. Ali, if I may close with a rather tricky question. You mentioned the nostalgia for the pre-1978 yes. uh, Afghanistan, which was perhaps a poorer place, but a safer place, uh, a happier place. Yes. Some have suggested that one of the central problems 
was that the community of, of nations, once the uh, Taliban fell, espoused a centralized government in Afghanistan, which was contrary to, let's say, the character of the Afghan people and the structure of their prior political order, which was highly decentralized and tribal. And this graded against them. And indeed, the dissatisfaction with it really created an opportunity for a Taliban resurgence. Now, is that still a problem? Is that still going to fester in the future of Afghanistan, even if some provisional peace agreement is? I have faced some problem with this, uh, some over-centralization. Uh, but it does not mean that centralized government did not work was a problem in, in the past. In fact, for centuries, uh, or even from, from the 18th century, let's say, from 18th century, the Afghan government, it was the, the system in Afghanistan was a centralized control of decentralized entities. Decentralized entities in, in, the, in the peripheries, tribal areas, they had their own uh, institutions to work with, to provide services and provide uh, actually protection and others. Uh, uh, and uh, while the centralized government was an arbitrator to people, nobody wanted the peripheries once, did not want an absence of a government in the center, always wanted the central government. Because this, what the central government, because of the uh, the uh, limited resources they had, they could not provide services to the to the uh, peripheries. But they, the institution and the peripheries, uh, peacefully coexisted and complemented the state institution. In uh, 1970, I went to resolve an uh, issue. I had just returned from uh, education abroad. To revise issue between the two tribes in Paktiao province, Mangals and Jajis. Went there, there was government, there was a court, but there were also Jergas, uh, tribal Jergas and tribal Shuras and others. I used both of them, all these. They complemented each other and resolved the problems. When I was in the government now in the constitution, yes, people during the Loe Jarga wanted because the chaos that they continued because of the, uh, uh, the, the uh, deterioration of the state institutions and strong men actually created uh, fiefdom. During the constitution, most people wanted a strong central government to reduce the power of these local strong men. But this does not mean that forever that will be the case. I think eventually the uh, provinces should elect their own government, should have some kind of a capacity to deliver services to people. In uh, today in Afghanistan, uh, governor of a province does not have a political, financial, or administrative authority that, that the government should have. Politically, it is appointed by a person in Kabul by one stroke of pen, he is a governor, one stroke of pen, he is not the governor. So he does not represent the government as a political figure. Uh, financially, he does not have a 
budget. The budget of a province, different department of province are allocated by the ministries in Kabul. In the budget of a province in the collection of the sum of the budget of all these departments, which the government does not have a control over. And then the government does not have administrative power because it cannot appoint people to these departments. They are appointed from the ministries in Kabul, except very low level of employees. So my suggestion is that this distance between center and provinces should be removed. They should have a, eventually a governor should be elected uh, official. It has to have a budget. It has to have a municipal power. It has to, police should go to the, to the provinces. It's the, now police is uh, under the Ministry of Interior and they are detained to, 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 to provinces. They, they are not under the government, they are under the ministry. So these these uh, adjustments should be made, but not uh, to the uh, kind of a situation that will uh, make the provinces in a chaotic situation, a kind of a, uh, a formula for disintegration. You have to balance it. And uh, I tried at that time and I still believe that it is possible in the context of the constitution. Uh, the, uh, but you know, as long as the war continues, as long as the conflict is there, it's very difficult to make that kind of a adjustments and we call it the uh, modification in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the law. All right, well, Ambassador Ali Jalali, thank you so much for that illuminating talk on the prospects for peace currently in Afghanistan. We're delighted to have you back to the Westminster Institute. And I encourage our audience to go to our webpage, um, just look up the Westminster Institute and you'll see uh, the other recent lectures we've had as long as well as the catalog that includes several other talks by Ambassador Jalali in the past. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Thanks for giving this opportunity. Yeah. Always happy to be there.